0: So this morning I want to talk to you about how do we partner with God? How do we uh, see the dead come alive? How do we see miracles? How do we have see signs? How do we see wonders? This is the first service of our, of Ju, of July, which is our revival service. We've got some great things coming up. Ending with David Cuppet. But I feel like I, I wanted to lay some groundwork this morning, coming into this time of revival, because we want to see miracle signs and wonders, but we don't necessarily um, know how that's going to happen. And when I say miracle signs and wonders, I realize that during this month, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen here. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen in this very room around these altars. And that's going to be incredible. But when I say miracles, signs, and wonders, I'm talking about what the intention of miracles, signs, and wonders are for. And that is for out there. So how can we see in our life out there, how can we see dead things come to life without waiting around for them to come in here and get touched in an altar service? How can we bring it out there? How can we partner with what the Holy Spirit is at work doing? And we're going to be talking about what is the Holy Spirit doing because that is who we need to be partnered with. And that are, that's what we need to be doing, uh, to, uh, because that's the purpose of heaven. So the dilemma is how do I live it out? How do I, we've all received these great prophecies and when David Cuphead comes, there's going to be some more. And probably when Brother Porter comes, there's going to be a, a lot more if it's, uh, you know, uh, we've experienced, uh, jerry porter the third uh here and he operates in the prophetic and i assume he inherited that so we're going to be experiencing probably a lot of prophetic words in here, but we already have a lot of prophetic words. And I've probably, in my mind, I think I've probably experienced 1% of what I know God wants to do. I think that we've probably not even touched the tip of the iceberg. I really think what God wants to do is going to blow every mind if we're on board and if we can... We can uh, partner with God in what God wants to do. So the dilemma is how do I live this out? Um, so first let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20 and that's where we're going to start. 1 Corinthians six, nineteen and 20. This is what it says. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Everybody say, duh. That's what Paul is saying right there. If he lived in modern times, that's how he would word that. And he's like, don't you know this? Do you not know? It's, it's like this is, this is something that you should know. You should know this. Don't you know this? Don't you know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. Everybody rec- say received. received. How do you receive? Somebody show me how you receive. How do you receive? Show me with your hands. How do you receive? Yeah, Pastor Jerry there in Camden, he's always there at the end. He, he, this is something that he just does at the end of his services. He says, "Now turn your turn your hands up to God to receive." And that's his. Little, actually, he says, "Now everybody, just turn your little hands up to God." <laughs> you know, how Brother Jerry's so sweet, you know, <laughs> up to God and and receive what He has for you. So we we've got to get into this position of receiving. I got to tell you, I fight about half of what God wants to do in my life because I'm not in a position of receiving because I'm I'm still trying to work things out. I'm still trying. I'm not submitted fully to what God wants to do. So you've received him from God, you are not your own. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So God gave you the Holy let's lay some groundwork. We're going to be laying a lot of groundwork and then we're going to get to the point if that's okay. So God sent us the Holy Spirit from the heavenly realm. The Holy Spirit was not created by God. The Holy Spirit is not physical. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a part of God that he has imparted to you. So the Holy Spirit is from the heavenly realm that was given to live in you. You were destined to, you've become the temple, the house of the Holy Spirit. The requirement that is here in first Corinthians is that you honor him. The requirement is to honor him with your body. What does that mean? To honor him in this physical world. We've received the Holy Spirit from the heavenly realm, but we are supposed to honor him in this body, in this physical body here where we are on the earth. We know that from Adam to Jesus, sin came in. Right. Sin entered in and sin didn't just stay how it was. It grew. It spread like a virus. It spread. Sin grew until the time of Noah when God looked around and he saw that the thought of man, of every man was evil continually. In other words, there was not one spark of light In all but one person. And when it got down to one person. This is the mercy of God. You say well why would God destroy everything. It got down to one person. That's how long it went. That's how long God's mercy extended. It got down to one person Noah. And Noah was up in years. And he said. This is the last chance. This is. If if this goes any longer. All will be lost y'all see the heart of God? Even though the entire world, everyone was destroyed except Adam and his family on the ark. He let it get down to just Noah. And I don't even know if his family was living right. But that was the chance that Noah could pass on to his children. The mercy of God was there. But sin had gotten so bad that 24-7 evil had spread to everything so but there was that one righteous seed and then time went on and we say sorry i've been crying over there about that video my wife gave me peppermint oil but it wore off all right so he got down to that one so it went through time until jesus came and when jesus came we can all agree that that was the pivot point of history Even everyone agrees, whether they believe in God or not, that it was B.C. until Christ came and then it was A.D. after he completely pivoted all of history with his life. All of humanity hinged on that moment. Everything that God wanted to do in the span of eternity came down to that one moment. And everything hinged on that one moment. And when He came, He provided redemption. He provided a way out. He provided a way back. He reopened the door to God. Just like in the Garden of Eden, man and God walking together, physical and heavenly, overlapped. Because there was no sin, Jesus provided the way back to Him. To so Jesus came; He redeemed everyone from the curse. So, if that was the end of it, like a lot of people believe, a lot of people believe that that was the end of it. A lot of people believe that I now, if I have to learn about God, I have to use my brain and open up the Bible and read and learn, and you know, and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that except that it's only half of the equation. People say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's not actively at work. Jesus died, and then he left, and, and the Holy Spirit went away at the end with the apostles. And here we are, and the only way that we can know about God is we open up. And you know, the problem with that is because someone without the Holy Spirit, usually within about 30 seconds, you know, right? Within about 30 seconds of church fo- meeting church folk, you know if they're filled with the Holy Spirit or not. Because when we, when we learn about God without the Holy Spirit, it becomes legalism. It becomes self, uh, self, uh, gratifying. It becomes all of these human attributes. But if the Holy Spirit is involved, there's life. There's compassion. There's all of these things that flow that are not human qualities that begin to flow. So the ho- so if that was the end of it, then why did he send the Holy Spirit? So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to work out the redemption that Jesus won. What does the Holy Spirit do? He leads people to salvation. You cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is currently at work in the world around us with the rankest sinner drawing them to Christ. He's, he's, he's working with believers heart who are being guided by the Spirit to, to minister to people. He's, he's actually even speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking to people according to the Word of God through creation. The Holy Spirit is speaking to everyone and drawing everyone. In fact... I believe that the Holy Spirit is more diligently at work or in the life of a rank sinner than than someone who's been serving God their whole life. Because His one number one purpose is to redeem. To work out the redemption. To carry on the work of Christ. What was the work of Christ? To redeem the world back to Himself. So the Holy Spirit has been left here to continue on to work out that thing. He didn't leave us comfortless. He, He said that he was going to send the holy spirit and he would remind us of everything that Jesus said. He left us the holy spirit to work that out in the world. He also he convicts us of areas where God is not. Where the redemptive work has not taken place in our own life. Conviction comes. And I don't know about you, but there are very few things that I experience Let me rephrase that. There is nothing that I experience in my life that is worse than than the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you what. There are a lot of things that bring a lot of anguish. But when you know that you have grieved the Holy Spirit, there is a a just a, uh, a just a gut wrenching. I mean, some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, here's the mission of the Holy Spirit. The mission of the Holy Spirit in your life is redemption. So what is He going to do? He's going to bring conviction as much as you can stand on those things to bring you back back aligned with what God wants to do in your life in that area. And He knows how much you can stand. He knows how far He can push you before you give up. And He knows... It is more advantageous to you, to the mission that he's called you to, for him to push you about that far. And the work of the Holy Spirit is never, when it comes to conviction, is never pleasant. But as a believer, we have learned to love it. We have learned to love when the Holy Spirit puts something on uh, his finger on a part of my life. Because we know that he's not there to condemn us. He's there to redeem us. He's there to bring that thing to life. Those dead things in our life where we just can't find fulfillment. He's there to bring fulfillment. And so we know what the outcome will be. So we learn to love conviction, even though It hurts. It hurts so bad. I think about, you know, last time that David Cuppet was here, uh, brother Cuppet, he, uh, he spoke to some people and I remember him saying the words, it's going to be a quick work. And I remember that those people saying, Oh, thank you, Jesus. A quick work. Yes. It's going to happen quickly, but they didn't know what was coming. Did they? Because when the Holy spirit says it's going to be a quick work, he means I know what's going to break you. I'm going to back it off a little bit. That's what he meant because the Holy Spirit is getting us to a point to where we can be a hundred percent used by God in the earth. So where we're not restricting the flow of the Holy Spirit through us, but we are open to whatever God wants to do. But that requires every part of our life to be redeemed and no part of our life would ever be redeemed without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Just like a sinner can't come to Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't make any part of yourself righteous without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in us through conviction, and that's what brings us back to God. We can't redeem ourselves. We can't say, I'm going to change that and that'll be pleasing to God. No, your works are like filthy rags. Nothing you can do in your life to change any part of your life is going to make God happy and content. It's like, okay, that's good enough. No, it takes the work of the Holy Spirit and it starts with conviction. So he convicts us of those areas and he leads us in daily decisions so that... They are decisions that bring heaven to earth. And we say, well, you know, we, we're, we're here to to get people saved. And then, and, and that's it. Yeah, but there are so many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. We really, we, we uh, God's, God's mission is people. God's mission is humanity. Everything was created for humanity. But we don't need to limit God. Because the other day I was talking to someone about, um, we, own, we own a piece of property. And, uh, um. Trying to, I want to say this to where it doesn't hurt anyone that may be watching online. But we own a piece of property, and uh, there were some things that happened. This property was built with it was a labor of love. This building was built, and um, it is beautiful. It's, it's tongue and groove, pine. I mean, they spared no expense. They worked hard. I mean, they did it themselves, and uh, a beautiful building. But we bought it out of foreclosure. We bought it for dirt cheap. Because it had just gone into foreclosure, and we just paid it off, basically, to, to own it. And I was talking to somebody the other day. I was talking to um, Jerry Nowlin, who is the children's pastor there in Camden. And, and he said, you know, it was really awful what happened here, you know. Um, it, was, it was a marriage, a breakup of a marriage, and some things that went on that where they lost the property. And it was just everything fell apart. And I said, uh he said that and uh i said yeah and because i've been studying this for the last few weeks and this has been kind of resonating in me for a few weeks what i what came out of my mouth was yeah but it's been redeemed huh and and then it hit me that god can redeem a piece of property And he can bring it into the kingdom. And that God is working in all things through us to redeem things back to the kingdom. To bring heaven to earth in the world around us. So Jesus reopened the door to God. And the Holy Spirit is at work bringing everything from heaven through that door to earth. That's his purpose. That's his plan. And you're placing a demand on heaven when you fulfill Jesus' mission and the Holy Spirit is uh, making that connection. so. But redemption is not one day. See, a lot of people believe that redemption is when Jesus comes back. The redemption is just one day. And that the Holy Spirit is here just to help you hold on. And not lose your sanity before Jesus comes back. Um, but redemption is happening now. Redemption is happening right now. Well, what is the period? What is the day of redemption? We, we're going to read about in Ephesians 430. It talks about the day of redemption. The day of redemption, as we're going to see, is the time from when Jesus rose from the dead until July 3rd, 2022. That is the day of Redemption. When it says here in Ephesians, it says, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption." That word "sealed" means to stamp, like with a signet ring, a private mark. You know, those of you that uh, that that uh, people that used to drink before they got saved, you know, they would. uh, Some people would just drink just anything. Some people would drink the private reserve. You know what I'm saying? It's a private reserve. Anybody could buy it. It just—it just a private reserve, just to get you know make you feel like it was special, and to justify the price. But it's a private reserve, and usually would have like a wax signet on it. And the privates, the reserve stuff is just for special people. Or you can go to a country club, private membership country club. You know, and the thing that really gets me though is Costco because Costco. You know, you go to Costco, Sam's. You know, you got to have a membership to go in there and give you, give them your money. And it's just like, I heard somebody say, it's like, what are they scared? People are going to do Come in and buy stuff. You know, it's just like, it means nothing. The card means nothing. It just makes you feel like you're special. It just makes you feel like you're, you're part of this club that's getting these special prices. But in all honesty, they'll give the prices to anybody. They're just like, hey, just fill this out. You know, okay, you can, now you can buy the stuff. You can get the card in the checkout. You know, it's like, it's not a big deal. But with Jesus, it is a big deal. You have been separated. The Bible calls you a peculiar people. You have been set. Apart and marked for the day of redemption. The word day there is Himera. It means this it means um, the, t- the time space between dawn and dark, or the whole 24 hours, or several days, figuratively, a period of time or an age. So when it's saying day right here, it's not our July 3rd, 2022, like we think in, in, in our, in our culture, it's, it's a period of time when they're saying the day of redemption, it's the space of time. Are we going to be okay? No, no. Just tell me what (laughs) flash flood. That's nothing. We see that every day. Okay. So, um, so it's the period of time for redemption. That's basically what it's saying. It's saying, do not grieve the spirit of God with whom you were sealed for that period of time for redemption. So. Our spirit. Within us, we are a spirit. If you're not privy to this, you are a spirit. And I know that you don't you don't you don't think that you're a spirit, but you're a spirit. You're a spirit that lives in a body. And your soul is calling the shots. Your mind, your will, your emotions. That's what we call the soul. So the soul is telling, is making the decisions and deciding between the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh. So our spirit is our connection to the spiritual realm or the heavenly realm. Our flesh is the connection to the sensual realm. When I say sensual, don't think nothing bad. I'm talking about the five senses. So y'all get your mind out of the gutter. You're you're seeing, you're hearing, your smell, taste and touch. There you go, almost missed one. So your senses, what I sense in the world around me, that is when we're talking about flesh, that's what we're talking about. And our flesh is the connection to the world or to the physical world around us. So contrary to what we think the word of God says, the Holy Spirit is not out to kill your flesh. The Holy Spirit is not trying to kill any part of you. The Holy Spirit is trying to redeem every part of you. And so it says this in Romans 8, 8, and this can be misleading in the King James because it says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me read it in the Amplified so that you get a little better feel for it. This is what it says all, all, um, uh Uh, With the definitions and everything like the Amplified does, it says, and those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. Well, that makes a lot more sense to me. And it makes me breathe a big sigh of relief that the Holy Spirit is not out to kill my flesh. The Holy Spirit is out. He's not out to kill anything, but what it's saying here is that if we are living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses, we cannot expect God to be pleased with that. We cannot expect to make God happy while that is going on in our life. But here's what it says in Ephesians 6.12. It says, "...our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." Now, we use the scripture a lot talking about other people that we want to do physical harm to. And uh, we have to remind ourselves that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But if we direct this to ourselves, we can say this to ourselves our struggle is not against my flesh and blood. My struggle is against principalities, rulers, Uh, authorities, rulers, powers of this dark world against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So he is redeeming our flesh from every connection to the enemy. So here's our job. This is our responsibility in all of this. Our job is to disconnect our flesh from every connection to the enemy. Before I was saved, I didn't have a filter on what I connected to. Anything was okay. Okay. If I thought it would fulfill me in any way, I would connect to it. And that's the way people around us that without Christ, some that say they are, that's the way they live their life is because they think that if I could connect to this, maybe it'll fulfill me. No, that didn't do it. So let me connect to this and it'll fulfill me. And what happens, they end up connected to a lot of things that are not fulfilling them. In fact, they're bringing death into their life. Contrary to what they thought it would do, It's only bringing death into their life. And so there was a lot of things that I wanted to do as a teenager. I just wasn't cool enough (laughs) when the Holy Spirit uh, put up roadblocks where I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do. But I didn't have nothing was off the table. I was just wide open as a teenager because I was so unhappy and so unfulfilled that I would have connected to anything. I would see something on TV and I was like, they make it look fulfilling. I'll pursue that. I would talk to somebody who would tell me how awesome some sin in their life was. And I know they're lying straight through. Now, I know they were lying straight through their teeth. But I would say, well, I'll try that. And I would have tried anything. But it was like I couldn't find trouble. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit, I know I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, it's just like, well, I wish the Holy Spirit would have done that for me because I got in all kinds of trouble as a teenager. But the Holy Spirit hemmed me in because I didn't have any fil- way. I didn't filter anything. And so a lot of us, before we met Christ, we lived our life that way where we would connect here, connect here, connect here. And we would make all these connections in the world around us to try to, to satisfy and fulfill us through our flesh. And all it did is bring death. So our job as believers, now that we are saved, our job is to look inside our life and say, what has not been redeemed? What am I holding back? Where is the connection to something besides God, besides heaven, that I need to sever? And so, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 7 1. It says, Therefore, since we have these promises, how many of you have promises? I have promises. It says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And we could if I didn't say there was a scripture reference there, you would say I would be in legalistic. But I read that straight out of the Bible. So while our spirit is dead before we're saved, our spirit is dead. What is Lord? When our spirit is dead, before we're awakened, before we're brought to life by, in salvation by the Holy Spirit, what is Lord in our life? It's our flesh. Our flesh is our ruler when we're, when we're away from God. And so when we're, when we don't have God to fulfill us, our, we just do whatever our flesh tells us to do. We just connect to all kinds of things. So, but when our spirit is awakened, When our spirit is brought to life and is occupied by the Holy Spirit, our flesh must submit. Our flesh must submit its lordship to the lordship of the spirit. The spirit has to rule. The spirit has to be in charge. The flesh cannot be in charge anymore. So when our desires lead... Our motivation is always selfish. Selfish people are not nice people. They're nice until it doesn't benefit them. And then they're not nice anymore. Like, you're like, oh, they're so nice. And then you got to know them, you know, and then it wasn't convenient for them to be nice anymore. And, uh, you start put a little bit of, uh, a little bit of tax on their niceness and, uh, And they're not nice anymore. Why? Because without the spirit, everything is about us. Everything is selfish. We are our motivation is selfish. And what happens is all of life ends with us. I consume everything I can to be happy and to be fulfilled. You know, we talk about these evil people did evil things. And you know what? You cannot. You, I've, I've come to the conclusion that you cannot judge anybody that's without Christ because, we're, with, if you took God away from me, I would lose my moral compass right now. It's like God is my anchor. God is the reference point of my life. God is the one that keeps it all together. It's the one that I, everything I do, it comes from my relationship with God. And if you take that away, you. You know, there's no telling where I would end up. I was not happy as a teenager. I mean, I was unfulfilled as a teenager before before I really gave my life to God. And if I had, if I hadn't done that and if I didn't have that relationship with God, I have no idea where or if I would even be here today. So it's like we say, oh, they're just, they're so bad. That person is so bad or whatever. You take God away from you and see what happens. You take God out of the equation and see what happens. So the, um, so when our desires lead, our motivation is always selfish. So if, if we have a selfish motivation about something, it's probably not a God thing. You're probably not being led by the Holy Spirit uh, because God is not selfish. God has, is agape love, which means he gives even when it doesn't benefit him. He continues to give. So um when the spirit leads us though the target is always other people when we're led by the spirit the target is always other people and not us it's always outward it's always moving toward people's needs it's always moving towards other people it's never about consumption and consuming it on ourselves so When he's leading us, it's always other people. And there becomes an endless flow into our life. Because, you know, the Bible says that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And that's that was just their way of somehow giving you some kind of reverence. Because the truth is he owns everything. And if he doesn't have it, he'll make it. So how are you going to say God has this much of anything So when he's the creator of all? So what it does is it creates an endless flow through us to what seems like an endless need outside of us. So here's the thing. We've got two ways to live our life. We've got our li- our, we can live our life um, pulling from heaven. And the life of heaven flowing through us to the world around us. And we have a huge impact on the world around us. Or we can live in the other direction. And we can pull from the world into us and try to be satisfied that way. And everything ends in us. Now here's the thing. If we live that direction. By the way, do you have my title slide, Miss Tanya? There. Oh, it was already up there. Sorry. Um, When we live that direction and we begin to pull from the world into our life instead of pulling from heaven through our life. What happens is we realize that the only thing that is eternal is what comes from the heavenly realm. There is nothing around me in this world that will not decay, die and expire. So what do we do? We say uh we put all of our stock in beauty and if i can be uh beautiful enough this was always my problem right if i could be beautiful enough no that was a joke um if i could be beautiful enough you know then that will fulfill me and the problem is is you just don't stop getting old <laughs> and i've got these things right here um i went to a doctor and uh he said you know i'm starting to get these big uh spots that I, i've always seen on my grandparents and i'm getting them now um and so I went to the doctor and he said, Oh, he's an older doctor. And he said, Those are called barnacles. <laughs> he said, Uh, he said, I can take them off if you want, but they'll just come right back. <laughs> They're harmless. Oh, like, you're not the one looking in the mirror. But then, uh, so, and I can't even shave, I can't even shave my hair too close on the sides anymore because I got them all up here. So anyway, and so I found another dermatologist who called them wisdom spots. And that. so now that's where I go. I like that person wisdom spots yes so um so i'm getting these wisdom spots and uh which obviously isn't true but they um so I'm getting all these signs of age. So I could put all of my stock in the, in, 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 you know, and you see people that are, you know, a hundred years old and still trying to be 30, right? You know, but you can put all your stock in that, but it's obvious that this is not going to fulfill you because this is something that is decayed. Even something that is super noble, like, like your family, your marriage, all of these things, you know, and you, and you, if you put, if you say, this is my source for, for, for fulfillment, this is my source for everything instead of something. See, here's how you want me to tell you how to keep your marriage together. Then you make heaven your source for your marriage, not your marriage, your source. If heaven, if you know that God puts you together with someone, then even when it gets difficult, then you don't want to walk away from the marriage because this is something that God did. And it, we report to something higher than just our feelings. And so, but we put all of our stock in our marriage and our family and everything. And what's, what happens? I mean, worst case scenario, you know, they leave us. Right. But even, even so we both grow older. And so it's like, you know, Leah's an exception, but as people age, you know, they're not as attractive as they were when they were 17, but as we get seven, <laughs> so that's now I'm really worried because I'm aging and she's not, you know, but what happens is we put all of our stock in even in these noble things. But if it's of this world, it will come to an end. It will die. It will decay. You know what they used to do? Uh, ancient Rome used to do this. They used to do this as an ultimate. They did some horrible things. But this is what they did. Uh, one of the horrible things they did to punish people is they would literally chain them to a dead person. They would chain them to a dead person and they, they had to walk around with this dead person. You know, the first few days, I mean, if it wasn't the heat of summer, the first few days probably wasn't that bad, but several months into it, it got pretty bad. Several months into the thing, it, it got, it, it stopped being an inconvenience and it started affecting them and they started getting sick And that would, in fact, the whole purpose of this was a slow, painful execution of someone. And that person would eventually succumb and die with that corpse. And guys, whether you know it or not, when you embrace things from the world and you find anything that's of this world that is not from heaven, then you embrace that thing. You are pulling in something that looks good right now, but it will decay and die and it will not fulfill you for very long. That's the reason the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You don't you don't get paid right away. Right. It's like everything is as is, is pleasure for a season. But everything that's of this world will decay and die. Um, I've totally lost my place. But here's what it, say, here's what it says in, uh, in Galatians. Um, okay. So here's what it says in Galatians 5.13. I'm actually right on cue. So, all right. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Everybody say, I'm free. You are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love. In other words, you've been set free, so don't use that freedom to pull in more things that are going to bring more death into your life. Can you imagine if you were the Holy Spirit and you begin, you convict somebody of something and they, they, they get free in that area, but they don't cut the connections with the thing that caused the death in the beginning they don't cut off those ties and so they they get free and then they go right back. And then the Holy Spirit, because He's faithful even when we're not, He sets us free and we go back and He sets us free. I know... I know more than just me in the room can relate to this. And the Holy Spirit is continually bringing. And the Holy Spirit is saying, would you please just sever that thing, that flow from your life? Will you please just stop putting your, your stock and your trust in that thing and begin and, and stay free in that thing? So what Paul is saying is you are called to be free. Don't use your freedom to stay connected to these things that are bringing death. Through gratifying your flesh. Rather, so the opposite of that, right? Serve one another humbly in love. Why is he saying that? Because the only way that we're going to experience the life of, of God in us is when we begin to connect that life to the need outside of us. So when we serve one another humbly in love, it activates the flow of heaven through us, and we begin to experience life. And in our own, in our own life, we begin to experience heaven in our own life because we're allowing it to flow through us. So, um, when we're saved, when we get saved, our flesh must submit or we cannot expect the flow of heaven in and through our life. Our senses are not evil. You know why I know that your, your flesh, your senses are not evil? Um, because, number one, they were designed by God, right? The devil didn't design your senses. The devil didn't design your body. The devil didn't design your flesh. God designed you. He created you. It is not evil. John 1 tells us even that Jesus became flesh. Why? So that he could dwell among us. You, you have the, your flesh so that you can dwell among where the need is. You have your senses so that you can detect the needs around you. You, God has given you these things. Without your senses, you don't know what God wants to do. You don't know where the need is. It's just you and Jesus, right? It's like if I just, if I just like, didn't have any senses. It would be like I would totally be disconnected from this world, and it would just be me and Jesus. And that's how a lot of Christians live their life. They just don't want. They say, "Well, it's a it's a total loss, <laughs> you know, because my flesh is so corrupt. I'm just going to, you know, I just I, the, my flesh is evil. One day I'll get to heaven and I'll have my spiritual body, but until then, it's a, it's, it's it's just a total loss, you know. But that's not the way that God has created us to live. He's called us to be redeemed. spirit, soul, and body. So you are designed to be led by the spirit. Sense the need and make the connection. You are now a a bi-dimensional being. You have the spirit. You can hear the voice of God. You can be led according to what his heart is. And you can see the need around. Just like Jesus did. Jesus heard the cry of blind Bartimaeus. He saw the the, the little boy who was... Um, who was uh, demon possessed and it would throw him in the fire. He saw that he would, he would talk, he talked to the father and he heard what the problem was. He communicated and he sensed the need around him. And then it says, and he was moved with compassion and the miracle flowed. You want to see signs and miracles around you connect heaven with what heaven wants to be connected to. Heaven and God, God wants to be connected to the needs through you. That's why He's giving you the Holy Spirit. It's not just about you. You've got to get let the Holy Spirit get your house in order. You've got to let the Holy Spirit convict you of all of these things. You've got to let the Holy Spirit do his thing in you, but that's not the end game. The Holy Spirit wants to work through you and lead you to the need and be able to for heaven to flow through that, through you to the need around you. When you are led by your flesh, you will have zero impact in your life. Zero impact, eternal impact will come. You see a lot of people without God trying to do a lot of good things, but it's going to have zero eternal impact. You know, and that's not being mean. I'm just telling you the truth that if it didn't come from heaven, it won't last. If it didn't come from heaven, it's not eternal. If my flesh thought it up, it's probably selfish in the end if you really get to the bottom of it. When you're flesh-led, you cannot have impact with your life. Because you're working against the flow of heaven, you're going to be miserable in the process. You can't do enough things for the flesh to make yourself happy because it's against the way you were designed to flow. We have a pool at our house that never... it. it, it Pools are a nightmare. You know, it's like, oh, we want a pool. We want a pool. And it's like, well, one week later, it's green, and there's tadpoles in it. And, um, and now you've got 10,000 gallons of tadpoles hatching. Um, so anyway, and so they have all this stuff, you know, that you put in there. And we've got this uh, one chemical now. It's called green to blue. That stuff is awesome. But I really don't know if we should be in the water after we, after we put it in there from what it does. Because anything that does that, you know, you probably shouldn't be submerged in but it 's this stuff, and you sprinkle it across it looks like dirt it 's brown, you put it across the top, and it causes everything every little molecule that 's not water to just drop to the bottom and then you can go in there and vacuum it all out. only now we have a we have a pool with crystal clear water and about that much algae and tadpole, dead tadpoles on the bottom we don 't know how to get them out <laughs> and so but uh, I have no idea why i 'm telling you that story. I know there was a point, <laughs> but it 's not in my notes, so Um, but anyway, the Holy Spirit's job is to clarify. I don't know. Anyway, so the Holy Spirit will connect that word with whoever has an open heart. Okay. So, um, but when you're led by the flesh, you're going to have zero impact because you work. Ah, the pump. Yeah. So, uh, against the flow (laughs) y'all, let me tell you about my way. My brain works. One thing. That's it. People like, people like, you know, I can handle a few things at one time and that's it. Oh, to be you, I can handle one thing. Uh, pastor, Yefed will tell me things in the sound booth while I'm doing something else. And I don't hear a word he said. It's just like, I didn't even know somebody was talking to me because I just can't handle. if I'm going to listen to you or I'm going to do this, but I can't do both. You know, that's the way my brain works anyway. So that was just so you'd understand me. So there's a the pump has a thing on the top of it. I don't know if y'all have seen this. The, it's a like a big freestanding pool, but the pump is on the outside. And there's a thing on it where you can uh, change the flow, the direction of the flow. You can change it to pull in from where it's supposed to and to go out where it's supposed to. Or you can turn it and do it backwards. I really don't know why it's there. I don't know why that function is there. When you turn it around backwards, you know what it does? It just pushes all everything back out of the filter and everything back into the pool. You know, and so if you reverse the flow, it just spits everything back out because it's not the way it was designed to flow. So if you have a design in your life, the way that God has designed and created you to flow. And the way that you have been designed to flow is to reach up in he- to, to heaven with one hand and to reach out to the need with the other hand and let heaven make the connection and flow through you and redeem the world around you. So, what is God's purpose? Look at Jesus. He came, died, rose again. Why? To redeem humanity back to Himself. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? Why would we think it's anything other than continuing the work that Jesus did? Redemption, redemption, redemption. He's, he, he's, he saved you to redeem you so that you can work with Him to redeem the world around you. His goal is to redeem. So we've got to get the direction and flow of our life right. We're not designed to consume everything within ourselves where it ends in us and, dies and, we, and ends up dying and decaying with us. And we die and decay with it. We're designed to have an eternal flow of heaven coming through us to the need and to the world around us. This is it's the most beautiful description of this is what uh, it said. It's, it's in Romans 8, 3 through 11. It's a lot to read, but I'm going to read it um, because it's just it's just a beautiful description of everything that we're talking about. And this is what it says. It says for what the law could not do. Being weakened by the flesh, God did. By sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. Wait a minute, go back. I'm sorry. I'm reading off this. On account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, notice that it doesn't say those who have a flesh. It says those who live according to flesh and amplified, it says, uh, those, the, this is the mind of the flesh. And that word mind right there is the control of the flesh. The control of the flesh is death. And so that's what it says. Um, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the spirit, things of the spirit for to be carnally minded. There's, it says that in the King James is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because if it's from heaven, it's eternal. If it's on earth, it's dying and decaying. But because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those next who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Uh, Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We cannot end right there. That's not where this that's not where this story ends. That is not the end. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, remember resurrection power, redeeming the world around us. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Do you see how it's all about the flow of our life? It's all about the direction of our life. Now, all of us, none of us are living 100% after the sp- pulling from the Spirit. We don't have anything that's gratifying us in the flesh. I don't think there's anybody in here that's really attained to that because if there was somebody who is 100% Spirit-led and not, not giving into the flesh at all, that person would be flipping the world upside down for Jesus. And I am not flipping the world upside down for Jesus. And I know because I'm a mixed bag. <laughs> and man, if I, just, if I could just work with the Holy Spirit instead of against the, against the Holy Spirit to get to a place where I am just 100% letting, the holy, letting what God wants to do flow through me, uncontaminated, unrestricted, and just letting Him do whatever He wants to do. But I could tell you where it switches off for me. What switches off when it switches off for me is when I know I don't love people anymore. When I know that I don't, I'm not concerned about people anymore. When I see somebody in need and I just keep going, I had a guy the other day was talking to me in my driveway. He was actually doing something for us and uh, getting paid. (laughs) And he was smoking and he flipped his cigarette in my driveway when he was done with the cigarette. And then the next day, see, when it happens two days in a row like that, you know, God's telling you something. Or God's, the Holy Spirit's working on something. (laughs) And so, the other, then the next day, there was somebody in our parking lot at the building. And I was going up to tell him that he needed to get that great big 18-wheeler off my parking lot before he's damaged my parking lot. But I was going to do it nicely. But on my way, walking to the truck, he finished his water ball and threw it out the window in my parking lot. And then... The switch flipped, and I don't remember much after that. No, but now I do. I do know that I, I I I picked up the bottle, which was right beside the door, and crunched it before I continued talking. Anyway, but I, I, I that actually worked really good. It made the point, and then I was able to be nice after that um, because he got the point. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, the uh, man again. I forgot what that was all about. Yeah, a cigarette in the driveway. So when I get to a point where I'm not concerned, I leave the cart at Walmart for somebody else to deal with in a parking space. <laughs> you know, the simplest things. You, all you gotta do, you know, all you gotta do is just pay attention to the little things in your life. And if I'm not if I'm not concerned about other people, there's no flow. The only thing that's flowing into my life is what is dying, decaying. It will not fulfill. That's what that's what lets me know I'm living a selfish life. And that I've got to change. If I want to fulfill what God has called me to do. If I want to partner with the Holy Spirit, it's not about just making God happy. It's about you having the fulfillment of what you're designed to do, the way you were designed to live. So today, you know, if you're stuck in a self-fulfilling life, I think a lot of people probably are, you know, um, you know, they find themselves stuck in this self-fulfilling life. But a lot of you are. Uh, a lot of people are probably more like me where last, uh, uh, two weeks ago I found myself just kind of unmotivated, right? I found myself, um, like, uh, like what am I even supposed to be doing? Am I just going to be coasting through this stuff that I'm doing until I die, you know, or what is my motivation? Y'all ever get that way where you're just like, I'm not, uh, you, you, you ever seen an actor, you know, they'll go to the director and they'll be like, what's my motivation? You know, and they're just like, OK, you're you're this and you feel this way. You're like, got it. You know, and then they'll act there. so that's what I felt. I felt like I didn't have a motivation. I felt like I didn't have a reason for doing what I was doing. And it's be, I know it's because I was living uh, a self-centered life. I know that. But I but I felt unmotivated in my Christian walk. And then last week, Pastor Cricket preached this message about taking the lid off. And he got about halfway through the message when the Holy Spirit kind of took over. You ever have those services? You feel bad that you didn't hear the last part of the service, but you're too busy typing in your notes on your phone. Um, and so the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me that you have not connected with, with where my heart is. You have disconnected from what I want to do. You're doing what you want to do. But you have disconnected from my heart. So what is God's heart? God's heart is and always will be redemption until everything is redeemed. He will never stop crying out for the heart of God. will never stop crying out for things to come back to life, for things that are dead to be brought to life. Our fulfillment only comes from heaven. That's the only source for our fulfillment because heaven is the only source of life. Heaven's life only fulfills its purpose as it flows through us. Let's read John 635 as we're closing. This is what it says. Miss Tony, do you have that for everybody to see? Believe it or not, on the Bible app, this is the verse of the day. It says, not that God... Seals his word by the Bible app. I'm not saying that, but it is a good coincidence. Um, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What is he saying? You will not be fulfilled unless you're connected with me. I am the only source of life. So trying to be fulfilled, I was. Uh, I was actually. I don't know if I already said this, but I was. I put a thing on Facebook this morning, asking if anybody even had like a zombie mask or something. I know that would be like super graphic, but. Um, but I was my number one that I was looking for, and I've always since I was a youth pastor, I was always looking for one of those life-size skeletons like they have in the in the science in the science room, but I haven't found one yet. But if I find one, I'm going to get it just for the next sermon illustration because there's so many ways you can use a skeleton. But and I wanted to get the skeleton and just kind of you know wear it like a backpack, you know, and walk around with it. And then I was thinking, well, I can't find one of those. If somebody has a zombie mask, I'm going to get them to get on my back and put on a zombie mask, you know. And I'll get one of my kids or my wife to get on my back, you know, and I'll. But they're like, oh, yeah, it's great now. It's great now. But now, what about 10 years down the road? Now here's something. No, but um, so just to illustrate that, how we hold things dearly and closely that we think will bring life, but we've got to know that we know before it even gets there, we need to know that life only comes from God. He is the creator of all life. he is the source of all life. Even a move of God after it reaches the earth begins to fizzle. Have you thought about that? You say, well, if it was of God, it would just last forever. No, anything, any, after anything enters the atmosphere, it begins to die. You know, Jesus made everything, but everything begins to decay. Even when, he, when there's a revival, it always plays out. It always tapers off because anything that we hold on to and people hold on to the revival instead of to God, you know? Anything that is not from heaven right now, the manna that comes today from heaven. Why do you think it had to come from heaven every day? And then the next day it would deteriorate. But it was from heaven. Why would it deteriorate? Because it was on the earth. So they had to collect it every day. So people age and die. You age and die. I age and die. Things decay. Money runs out, right? (laughs) Everything plays out. Except what comes from heaven. So guys, tonight... I just want to close really quick with the song that we did. Um, I think you're playing it. Uh, let's just close with the chorus of that song. And as we stand to our feet, we're just going to spend about three or four minutes in this song just worshiping. And I, I, more than anything guys this is not a a, a, an altar revival service this is laying the groundwork for what God wants to do it's us coming to the realization that there are things in our life that we are pulling from that are only causing death in our life and we begin to cut those things off in preparation for what God wants to do because that God wants the flow of heaven through us to the world around us and the revival this month is not for in here It'll happen in here, but that's not what it's for. The revival, revival is always for out there. And God wants us to live the revival out on our jobs, everywhere we are. He wants heaven to flow through us. We're going to see signs and miracles and wonders. We're going to see those things, but we've got to get the flow right. We've got to get the flow in our life, right? In each of our life, in our heart, just like my pool pump, you have that switch Where you could determine the flow of your life. And it's time for us to put the flow the way it was designed to go. So that our life will work the way God wants it to work. Amen. So let's sing this song. Say this We may Say, Jesus, you are my one thing. <laughs> do you realize the power in that? Jesus, you're my one thing. He's the source of everything. I don't have to have a, a dead, decaying version of what God wants to do. I'm connected to the source of all life. Lord, we just thank you for this time in your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, teach us. Teach us how to live in a way that not just pleases you, but in a way that is effective and doesn't, it's not wasteful of this life you've given us. We want to see heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.